The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. What have you said to me recently? Recently. Rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Friday. Yes, it's we're all blown through all the week, as usual. And before you know it, it's going to be Friday again. <laughs> My weekends are consist of a Sunday off, which I'm I'm very happy for uh, to have some rest. And so uh, I hope that you're going to. Be looking forward to that as well. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyMedia.com, SonsofLibertyRadio.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. Scroll down, or not even, you don't have to scroll down anymore. We've moved it to the top. Both shows, the morning show and the afternoon, are right at the top of the page. Bradley's is on the left side of the page. You can still play yesterday's show with Ray Comfort. By the way, uh, up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern, and then after that, 
he'll be live in that little box right there. All right. Now, if you want to watch the show this morning, click on the right side and I blow that up on whatever device you've got. And then down in the bottom right, it says Rumble. You can click on that and join us in the chat. There are lots of friends there as well as across other video platforms. We're on Rumble at uh, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're on Before It's News. Uh, dot com at the top of the page, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, and uh, Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, and then also if you got a Roku device, we're on Cutting Edge TV over there as well. So be sure to check that out. Don't forget to sign up for our email newsletter. is right up under where the live stream is. Uh, we don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. So you get one email from us a day, all the articles that Bradley and I put out along with our contributors, and so be sure to check that out. If you agree with our message, you want to help support us on Internet Radio and out in the 50 states among the people where we teach our Christian and constitutional heritage, then uh, click on the Donate button. You can make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. That link is also available. If you want to see where Bradley is going to be next... Click on the schedule there, scroll down, you'll see the dates and times and where he's going to be. And then our store is available too. Again, we don't make any money off of what we do in the store. Uh, A lot of it is ideas that you guys have had. And so what happens is, is we make, we get these products together to give you good conversation starters. Now, this one's obviously not doing that, but this week we're highlighting Bradley's signature deadlock drum pad. Again, this is a metronome for drummers. So it's normally $60. If uh, if you want it this week, be it by Saturday night at midnight, if you use the promo code 50DRUMS, that's the number 50 in drums, one word, you'll get 50% off. So that's 30 bucks for these if you want to pick them up. Uh, we got a bunch of these in stock. So if you're interested in picking that up, uh, you can do that before Saturday night. Now, just real quickly before we bring our guests in here, I just want to highlight a couple of things that we've got on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com that you should check out. Uh, this one yesterday, I mean, really... You know, after so many years of being in this pandemic, especially the the last, I don't know, 14 or 15 months with the 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 shot rollout, this fraudulently called a vaccine, um, it's amazing to me that people are still without the knowledge to spare themselves these adverse effects or even deaths uh, in some cases. And yet, many people are still ignorant of what's going on. They, they, they're just not getting the information. There's a 28-year-old woman who was severely injured from uh, Pfizer COVID kill shot, and she speaks out with regret for taking the thing. This is how she turned out. And she has some kind of neurological damage, and it's put her in the bed. I mean, this doesn't even look like the girl before she took the shot. So be sure to check that out. Share this information with your friends who are considering taking these shots. These things that you're in, you're a guinea pig in this. This is experimental. Nobody's given informed consent. All of this is a violation of the Nuremberg Code. That's for sure. And we're going to hear some about that in just a little bit. Also, sonsoflibertymedia.com for the greater good. That's what it's called. The UK government plans to remove human rights and apply reforms to the unvaccinated, as they call them. Yep, they're wanting to remove your rights. They're wanting to create a medical apartheid. And divide the people further than what they've already divided them. Also at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, how government violates the Constitution to indoctrinate Americans and make them little communist worker bees. I'm going I'm to be asking some of these the question about education uh, with our guests today as well. Um, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, life insurance pays out or payouts skyrocket 258% as post-quote-unquote vaccine deaths rapidly accelerate. And also from our friend Chuck Baldwin, Pastor Chuck Baldwin, 
Too bad American pastors don't have the man stuff of Canadian truckers. I agree. I agree. Where are our pastors at? Where are the men of God who are standing up and speaking out against tyranny, directing people by the word of God not to submit to any tyranny? Because God doesn't call us to do that. He calls us to resist that. He's given us examples all through Scripture from Moses to Samson to uh, David to uh, John the Baptist to the Lord Jesus to his apostles. All of them resisted tyranny. Because what is tyranny? It's lawlessness. It's lawlessness. And we're we're to be people who are lawful, right? Lawful under God's law. We're to be obeying him. And Christ came to die for sinners, which are lawbreakers, and he didn't die for them in order to leave them in their lawlessness or in their sin, but to deliver them from it. We're called to be overcomers, right? Overcomers of lawlessness. And so that's what we preach here at the Sons of Liberty, uh, that the captain of our salvation laid down his life in order to redeem us back into God, to reconcile us back into God, to bring us into his family through adoption, and to change our lives, Ephesians 2, so that we might do the good works that he's foremarked out for us uh, to do. So with that said, I've got two guests on that I had the pleasure of hearing the other night. Some of you were watching the Facebook Live as I was streaming that from over in Cornelius, North Carolina, and uh, my guests are... I'm going to make sure I get this right because he told me the words to remember say for it. Ed Maslish. Jazz Dish. Maslish. I got. I think I got that right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's been litigating complex uh, commercial and constitutional cases for more than 25 years. He was a part of a team of attorneys that brought a successful constitutional challenge to a Pinellas County, Florida, uh, charitable fundraising ordinance during the late 1990s. And while working for a small New York City firm at the time, more recently, has been working with co-speaker uh, Lauren, co-speaker there at the, the event, uh, Lauren Martell, uh, litigating medical freedom cases in South Carolina. Ed left the NYC NJ uh, legal market a year ago due to the onerous restrictions on individual liberty those states imposed as their response to COVID, and now makes his home in North Carolina, where you did a little better getting south, but I'm, we're going to talk about that in a bit. <laughs> but uh, North Carolina, boy, they... they They've got some problems up there, too, where he volunteers his time and consults on matters involving health, freedom, and protecting constitutional rights. And then we have Lauren Martell. She's a fierce defender of religious liberty and comes from a lineage of freedom fighters in America going back to the Revolutionary War. As an attorney in private practice for over 25 years, Lauren has lent her legal experience to successful cases involving constitutional law and government overreach issues. Her passion for politics and principles of limited government has led to guest speaking appearances on radio and television and at many political events. And she's also running for attorney general here in the the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. It's my privilege to welcome Ed and Lauren to the Sons of Liberty. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good. How about you, Ed? You good? I'm well, thank you. Good. good and morning. Lauren? I'm doing fabulously. It's wonderful. We've uh, That music was beautiful that you played right before we came on, so... Grateful yeah, for that. Yeah, it kind of, uh, it kind of, it kind of got on. I'm not a huge rap fan, but I think when the the melody and I think that lady's voice coming in with it is, it just really sets it off. But the words are are good too. That that's within it. And and, and uh, I've got another one I'm going to play tomorrow by that guy. I think that the people is going to like. It's not as long, so I've got to kind of time that out. But I appreciate you guys coming on early this morning. I know you had to get up and 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 be on and everything. But let's just start out with this. Now this this event. 
that I went and heard you guys at, along with our friend Don Brown, who we've had on the show many times, talk about election fraud and extortion 17. This was the Medical Freedom Rally. It was held at Freedom House Church. And I, I got to tell you, I was, a, I was a little taken aback because I remember some of the ladies who are from that, uh, that group. I, I forget the group who puts it on. Um, but I've met them before. And uh, they did some events with uh, Billy and Karen Vaughn that we went to on Extortion 17. And so I was going over there to kind of cover what was going on. And I was very pleasantly surprised to hear you guys actually talking about the Constitution, which people sort of give lip service to, but they never cite anything. So let me ask you straight off the bat, because talked about then was right after the Supreme Court decision uh, on these mandates, uh, that are that are coming down from the illegitimate Biden administration. And the question I have is, how do you see that? Do, do you really see that as a win for anybody, or do you see this camel's nose under the tent where they're act- while they said, employers, you don't have to, to mandate these, not that they should anyway, uh, and, but over here on the healthcare side, yeah, you can go ahead and mandate these things. I see, I don't see, one, I don't see an equal protection under the law. Two, I see that the executive branch can make law, which they call administrative law, which is, it's pretended law. It, go, it tries to undermine the law of the land. How do you guys see that? Lauren, let's start with you first. Well, that's a great question. And, you know, if you want to be a boat rocker, I actually read a book called, If You Want to Walk on Water, You Got to Get Out of the Boat. So we are actually at that point in our country, and the Supreme Court is just really a loose cannon. Um, I think Ed's going to probably get into this a little bit in more depth. But what happens is if you start with a fallacy, you're always going to end up with the wrong answer. And I believe what the Supreme Court has done is they've incorporated in their opinions facts that just simply are not true. And if you incorporate facts that are not true, no matter how articulate your rationale is, you're always going to end up with the wrong answer. And this is the point where our guys, our supposed uh, conservative Supreme Court justices, should have not just adopted without any objections the narrative that these are even vaccines. Um, and I think uh, at, like Ed will go into this in much more detail because he's written a beautiful brief on that. Both Ed and I had an opportunity to represent um, some plaintiffs who were were objecting to have to be forced to get the vaccine. Their religious exemptions had been denied. Their medical exemptions had been denied. And we filed a case in the federal district court here in South Carolina. And ironically, Michelle Childs was the judge in that particular case. Um, As we moved up towards that case, some of these um, other cases ended up getting rulings, which either protected some of the uh, other people who had filed litigation, or as you said, didn't protect some of the people, which is a real, allows for such confusion within our state. Um, And I still have so many people in real time calling me despite these rulings, talking about the chaos at their work, that they're still being pushed to try to do things that they don't want to do. In some instances, you know, maybe they didn't have to take the vaccine right away, but they've got it looming over their head that someday they may, and they're being massively over-tested with testing units that also can cause negative, um, have toxicity and some have, uh, they've been preserved with carcinogenic toxins. So, 
there's a lot going on. And um, I'm going to let Ed now segue into his more detailed analysis of our the state of our Supreme Court right now. Okay, Ed. Well, I think this is worse than the camel's nose under the tent. I think this was a total surrender by the Supreme Court, especially by the conservative justices on the Supreme Court. Um, They bent over backwards to insist that COVID is a real serious threat and that they didn't question that and they didn't question the efficacy of vaccines. Uh, The liberal justices put forth a slew of facts Lauren correctly calls it the narrative. Um, And there was zero pushback from the conservative justices. There was no pushback on whether these vaccines have efficacy. There was no pushback on whether these vaccines are dangerous. There was no pushback on the fact that the federal government has abrogated liability for the manufacturers and distributors of these vaccines. Um, And um there was just no uh there was there was no pushback whatsoever that the you know lauren talked about uh you know the fallacies they didn't even you know that you know and and you talked about you know the equal protection claim um you know justice gorsuch's concurring opinion in the uh in the supposed victory case uh the nfib case uh the osha case he starts off in his first sentence saying that this case is about who gets to decide who gets to decide whether OSHA gets to decide or state and local governments get to decide whether you have to be take a, a vaccine. And I read the, that. I think, well, wait a minute, there's something that's missing from this analysis. How about the person whose body is being forced forcibly invaded by this foreign substance. Yeah, come on. That's right. Doesn't that person have any say or, or does he just have to take orders and he has to just decide which, you know, we just have to decide which which person, which dictator gets to give them the order to take or not take a vaccine. And you know, as I as I mentioned during the talk, you know, the the conservative opinions were just these technocratic you know, technical analyses of the law. They didn't bother. You know, I wanted to ask Justice Gorsuch and frankly, Justice Thomas and Justice Alito, because they didn't mention it either. Where, you know, where in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution is there the power to delegate the the power to OSHA to give uh, or or to uh, CMS, for that matter, on the on the health workers mandate? Where is the power in Article 1, Section 8 for Congress to authorize a a forcible, mandatory vaccine? I don't see it in there. Do they? Did they even have any inkling that that, that maybe that was something that the Constitution forbids? And it doesn't matter whether Congress actually spoke clearly or not on it. I mean, they they justified the health care mandate from CMS on the health care workers on the basis that, well, the statute authorizes it. And I thought, really? Where in the Constitution does Congress have any power to mandate vaccine, that people take vaccines and forcibly put them in their bodies? And and I'll just, I'll read for you. I, I did this at, at, the, at the event. You know, the, 
if they wanted to just get into technical analysis of the law without challenging any of the facts, I mean, I, I totally disagree with that approach. You have to challenge the facts at all times. But there was there was a case that we're all familiar with, and it's Planned Parenthood versus Casey. It's an abortion case. And if if the justices, if, if our guys on our side wanted to to really take on a, a totally legal uh, defense of the individual, here's, here's some language from Casey. And, and I just, I, I want to read it to you again. Roe, however, may be seen not only as an exemplar of Griswold liberty. Griswold was a 1965 case, I'm, I'm inserting this, that uh, is the, the cornerstone of the right of privacy. It legalized contraceptives for married couples. <clears throat> Rome, however, may be seen not only as an exemplar of Griswold liberty, but as a rule, whether or not mistaken, of personal autonomy and bodily integrity with doctrinal affinity to cases recognizing limits on governmental power to mandate medical treatment or to bar its rejection. Why wasn't that cited? Why wasn't that? That case wasn't cited. And, And what's ironic is that the liberal justices have no problem whatsoever throwing our cases in our faces. Justice Breyer threw it in our face in his dissent that the court is substituting its judgment for the rule for the for the uh, you know for the rules issued by the executive and and the elected branches, and that the court has no electoral ca- accountability. You know, it sounded like something that Justice Thomas or Justice Alito would write because. It, it was saying that courts have to be restrained. And he had no problem wagging his finger at, at our guys. Why didn't our guys cite Planned Parenthood versus Casey and wag their fingers at the liberal justices and say, how dare you? People have a right to their bodies and to their bodily integrity. And you can't override that, period. The Congress can't override it, no matter how clearly Congress speaks. And local, state and local governments can't override that, no matter how clearly they speak and no matter how plenary they're police power. Well, Ed, and let me, can I, can I interject just something? Because, right you know, look, I'm, I'm just a simple guy out here, a redneck out in South Carolina, rural South Carolina. Okay. And I get to me, uh, when you're saying the, the guys were doing the technicality, I listened to the whole thing and I called Bradley up. I said, you got to hear this. Nobody, not the justices, not the guys who are allegedly claiming they're on our side or in this is making a constitutional argument. I give, I give a flip about previous cases when the law is clear. This is the Constitution. Who has legislative authority? Article 1, Section 1. All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in who? Not the executive branch, but in Congress, in the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives. Now, you know, people often say, well, if you don't like something, you change the law. Well, not when it's dealing with the rights and you're talking about bodily integrity. I think that falls under the Fourth Amendment. We're to be secure in our persons. And here we have unconstitutional agencies. We, we have conservatives who don't conserve squat, and they say they want limited government, but they're all behind continuing to fund the big government and put more government in place, like Health and Human Services. Where in our you mentioned Article One, what the job of Congress is to write law on? It's very limited, eighteen to twenty-one things, depending on how you count those out. None of them are about health. None of them are about science, and yet we're funding well, by the billions of dollars me, um, for those things. Yeah, go ahead. Let me put. Yeah, let me speak to that too. Sure. 
Honestly, when you get the bigger picture, what's happened is they've absolutely omitted the fact that people have inalienable rights. And there are certain things that government, regardless of which branch of government it is, has no business um, interfering with. And one of the things that we have always recognized, um, at least up until recently, although in my lifetime, the Constitution has eroded and What's happened is you're exactly right, Tim. They've weaponized agencies who are unelected, um, appointed people through the the people who are elected by us. But instead of them representing us, they, their constituents, they've weaponized and they've become um, big lobbies with these agencies. Um, in South Carolina, DHEC's one of them. South Carolina Department of um, Environmental Control has a vast amount of power. And what ends up happening is our elected officials pass off to the agencies what I call the coconut shell game. And they say, well, the agency recommends this, this, and this. So that's where you have to do it. But ultimately, the buck is supposed to stop with our elected officials. And then the Constitution is supposed to restrain our elected officials Amen. on how far they can go. And when the Supreme Court isn't even acknowledging certain people are going to, you know, embrace divine providence and embrace our constitutional right to the establishment clause, nobody's going to tell us what kind of religion that we have to um, practice. And what's happening here is these vaccines, Ed in his beautiful memo, uh, Memorandum of Law in our case, wrote, that arguably these aren't even vaccines. So vaccines are like the smallpox vaccine in the 1900s, which is still the state of our law now, um, that particular case out of Massachusetts. But what, um, what ends up happening is a vaccine was defined as something that you would take and then you would never get uh, the, you would very highly unlikely, it would be a few exceptions, get the disease itself and it eradicated a disease. These COVID um, experiments, more and more people are going into the hospitals that have COVID, that have taken either both shots or a booster. And just like you said, many people are getting, you know, shot remorse because it's not stopping anything. It's not making our country any more or our state any more free. In fact, it's continued to perpetuate confusion and fear. Um, and so, not to just get completely off the the, the uh, topic of the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court's always going to come up with the wrong answer, and we are never going to get any great case law. We might get very highly intellectual arguments. We might get highly um, academic debates, but they will always miss the mark because they're not shooting at the right target. And that would be to protect the people's constitutional rights. Okay. All right. Now, Ed, up up in North Carolina, uh, there it's been more. It's in my opinion, it's been more communistic, more tyrannical than in South Carolina. And and I've told people, I said, it doesn't matter if you have a Democrat president or a governor or a a Republican governor. 
a lot of them, almost all of them, have been engaged in some form of tyranny, whether it's McMaster down here uh, who did his uh, Nazi-esque style essential, non-essential businesses and all that stuff, or whether you've got Governor Pooper, I'm sorry, Cooper up there, <laughs> uh, who wants, you know, all this all this junk put in the way so much that our family had to tell Carowinds because we bought a season pass. We got 10 kids. So we bought them a Christmas gift. We, it was like 1200 bucks that, you know, we were going to take the summer and like one day a week or every other week, try to go to uh, Carowinds, spend the day, you and me get out of the house kind of thing. Uh, and we had to pull that back because they wanted to put us through some kind of temperature checks, going through a tent, wear a mask while you're outside and all this ridiculous stuff that has no scientific basis for it. And again, I don't think the North Carolina Constitution as well as the South Carolina Constitution gives them authority to be dictating health or science. Uh, they can't seem to stay in their lane to punish evildoers, which is what Romans 13 says they're supposed to be doing. They're doing all of this other stuff and getting their, their fingers in all these pies rather than doing their job. Um, what have you dealt with there in North Carolina as well? Well... I mean, the COVID tyranny is is just as bad here as it is anywhere else. Uh, we are still dealing with mask mandates at schools. We're still dealing. Uh, we just had a earlier this week, there was a hearing uh, by, I forget the name of the commission, but they were debating whether or not to force the, vac- the COVID vaccines on school children. Uh, thankfully, that was voted down, at least for now. Uh, as you affectionately labeled him, Governor Pooper said it's it's not yet time for that. And I think that just means that he doesn't think he can get away with it. But whatever they think they can get away with, they do. And, um, you know, Lawrence made some good points. You know, you, you said earlier that, you know, you talked about the Fourth Amendment. Uh, the 10th Amendment is something that people on our side tend yep. to, to refer to all the time. Uh, but if you look at the 10th Amendment, it doesn't just say all powers not delegated to the federal government or reserved to the states, it ends by saying to the states or to the people. That's right. And, you know, it doesn't just say, well, you know, we have a dictatorship in this country and it's just, it's either the federal government or the state government that gets to rule you. Um, And uh, nobody is really remembering the, the last clause in the 10th amendment or reading it together with the ninth amendment, which says, uh, the enumeration of certain rights in the Constitution shall not be construed to disparage or deny other rights retained by the people. Um, you know, and in North Carolina, you know, neither of those provisions is really recognized. Um, you know, the the state is trying to do whatever, whatever, take whatever power uh, it thinks it can, and it can arrogate to itself. And it's up to us to say no. We are the ones who have to say no. We need our local officials, our sheriffs, um, our, our county commissioners to stand up and just say, no, you're not doing that here. Um, and it's going to take some courage and it's going to take people willing to stand up and, and fight. But, um, you know, it that courage seems in short supply. Yeah, Ed, one of the things that uh, that I've been on for some time now is, you know, we, we've got all these – at the federal level, we have all these unconstitutional agencies. At the state level, we've got – you guys both have mentioned Department of Health for the, for the state. Where is that in, in either the South or North Carolina Constitution? I'm, I'm kind of curious because I was looking through. I don't really see that. And, um, you know, in, when, when we talk about enforcement, I think, Lauren, you mentioned environment uh, protection people here in the South. Now, I, I've said – 
Uh, I, I, don't, I have no desire to be in a political office, but if I was governor, one of the first things I'd want to do is get rid of every federal agency out of the state of South Carolina. They have no business being here. And in our Constitution, it lists who the real law enforcers are. One, the president, and then two, the citizen militia, the constitutional militia. They are the law enforcers. They repel invasions. They put down insurrections, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15. And we've lost that, and the people are frustrated because they don't have justice— and, Ed, what you're talking about is I think I think a militia builds community like a volunteer fire department or like the church is supposed to do. It builds that community, builds that camaraderie to where the people stand together and they don't feel like they're just out here by themselves. And they are the law. They are the law enforcers, if you will. And we've lost that. We've lost doing our duty before God. This is why we have our our rights is to do our duty before God. And we have a question. I want you to get your comment, but we do have a question here. This comes from Suzanne. She contributes over at Sons of Liberty. She said, I see all this as rapidly expanding the medical caste system that was established under Obama. Uh, Can you guys comment on that? Do you guys want to take a shot at that? Sure, I can. Um, So it absolutely is. As a matter of fact, through Greenville, South Carolina, Michelle Obama's group came in through Chicago, and you can do a little bit of research on the initiation of the takeover through hospital administration uh, back in 2008. And, and as it grew, um, these larger hospitals and Prisma uh, would start taking up and, and gobbling up the smaller hospitals. COVID tyranny has created an absolute medical caste system. It is, we are fully blown communism and people who often go into hospitals, not everyone, because some people need other things and and other issues and have had success coming in and out of the hospital, but too many for me to count and very personally have been upfront and, and tried to get people out of a hospital. So the hospital administration has come in and it has overtaken the doctor patient relationship. It's suppressed off label and alternative medications and pushed a one financial incentive uh, COVID-19 t- protocol, we call it, uh, through the, many of the hospitals. And they don't give patients other choices, and they don't allow doctors to use their licenses to practice medicine because they tell them if you're going to prescribe this or that or, let's say, ivermectin, you're going to get in trouble. You might lose your job here. Or not only are you going to lose your job here, you're going to lose your license to practice medicine. So they've hijacked doctors. And that's the fastest way for fascism and communism to come in is to get in through the health, uh, that's right. the yep. health part of this, the society. Um, and so I consider I've had two cases where people did survive it, coming out of the hospital that I was personally involved in, and both were able to get ivermectin. One was able to get um, to get out of the hospital before he was put on a ventilator. They were trying to put him on a ventilator. And he was able to walk out against medical advice and his family was, uh, had enough provision and foresight to get, um, oxygen at home and everything that he would need. The, basically the FLCCA protocol, um, with supplements and a symphony of other, you know, antibiotics to treat the underlying bacterial infection. And he's alive today and thank God. But he says that hospital tried to kill me now. I know you probably know as many people as I do who have not had that kind of a success story. We have literally been watching people 
get shot with remdesivir, which is an extremely high financial incentive, and then uh, go through this COVID protocol, which at the end of the day, by the time they're on the ventilator and maybe pass away, the hospital is getting huge financial gains. And this is something that I'm looking into. And if anyone in your audience has been through this situation, I would like to see the hospital bills um, that people are getting because that's one of the things that um, I'm seeing as a general response is people have gotten their records, but they haven't really gotten a final bill or they've been told these bills are going to be open for another six months. Um, So I'm very interested and I know some other doctors and other people are interested in seeing what kind of billing? Now, this is something that the attorney general of a state has the purview to do. And I would like to win and become the attorney general of South Carolina so that I could just look into if there was a situation that needed to be investigated. That's in the purview of the constitutional office of the attorney general. And often that office goes un, um, under the radar. People think about, oh, the governor, you know, and the governor's running for this. But even in South Carolina, the governor's power is limited. You wouldn't think so over the last couple of years with his yeah. unconstitutional, crazy uh, executive orders that were prolonged. Um, but yes, to answer the question, they're absolutely, we're, we're fully occupied. We are not operating under our constitutional republic right now. We are being bullied and coerced. Some of our cases that we took, took on, imagine the counterintuitiveness of this. We have people who, who are security for various very important um, places, like a nuclear power plant, let's say. Part of their clearance is that they should not be able to be coerced or threatened by domestic or foreign entities. Every single one over there is being coerced and threatened by their own government right now. So that is the hugest wake-up call, that when you see that kind of a security threat, and these things are being called to the attention of our leadership, our governor, our, our, our um, legislature, all the legislators have been put on notice, and the attorney general. And each one of them has no political will, which takes me to the fact that this two-party system isn't working. I'm not necessarily advocating for a third-party system, but I need to let people know that it is okay to verbalize that the Republican Party is as much at fault here as the Democratic Party, at least in South Carolina, because we've had the majority and we are now an absolutely oppressed state. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's exactly right. And those are things that we've talked about. Now, you're mentioning the people go in. You're probably familiar with Stephen Spivey, who worked with Don Brown to put out the Fallen Angel movie on Extortion 17. He came up with, quote unquote, COVID-like symptoms, whatever that is now. Uh, and see, I'd say you go to the root of it. They've never isolated or purified SARS-CoV-2. They just haven't. They've got a computer model. That is not isolation. Um, they say, oh, we have to put it in a viral culture, which has all kinds of genetic material in it. And uh, instead of saying, well, wait a minute, you said this stuff's growing in people. Why can't you just pull it out of the people and do it from there? Why do you have to do all this other stuff? They're manipulating the data, just like the climate change people do. And this is problematic because, again, there's a financial incentive to push this. I'm going to call it what it is. It's a hoax. Uh, it's, it's to push a genocide upon the people and to enslave them. There's no question in my mind there is. I don't know if you guys have, have seen this. I'd like to play this. It's only a few minutes, but this is a guy. This kind of went, for, forgive the irony, of viral yesterday. Uh, but uh, this guy came. He's from Arkansas. Had, an, had a wreck. 
And he's telling his story here. Now, I've sent him an email, see if we can get him on the show. So, you know, I'm going to check him out and make sure he's legitimate. But here's what he had to say. I want to get you guys' comments uh, when you hear what he had to say happen to him. Hey there. My name is Ben. <clears throat> Two days ago, I was in a car crash. This is just my car. It rolled. I don't know what happened. Um, I w- uh, came to. The car was back on all four wheels the uh, you know all the glass in the car was blown out I got cut up you know all around nothing serious I was awake and aware that I I couldn't open the car door within 10 minutes EMT arrived and injected me with something and I said no 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 No, they're like just gonna sedate you boss I woke up eight hours later somehow with a vent, a mechanical ventilator, IV, catheter, whole nine yards. I instinctively, without even thinking, pulled out the vent. There was no aid in this room with me. Pulled out uh, the IV, pulled out the catheter, which was horrendous. And I found my shorts, which had been cut off me, and I covered my junk because I was naked. And I walked to the door, and I opened it, and staff was sitting there, and I said, why did you vent me? And the the staff freaked out. They couldn't believe I was awake. Um, They followed me back into the room. I sat on the bed, and I said, what drugs did you give me, and why am I vented? And one of the nurses said, you have COVID. And I said, even if you tested me po- tested positive for COVID, if I tested positive for COVID, a vent is the last resort for someone who cannot breathe on their own. They just looked at each other like, what do we do? What do we say? I said, what drugs did you put me on? What was coming through that IV? And they said, propofol, propofol, fentanyl, morphine, and I was like, why? What? Like, you were going to kill me. They're trying to kill machine. him. You were going to leave me there. Yeah. They just looked I, at each I've other. I go, I want all the paperwork. Like I want everything. Go ahead, Lauren. I'll have the, I'll have the video up so people can watch it later. But that's just a part yeah. of what he was facing. Go ahead. Well, there was an instance that I was became aware of where a person went into the hospital, a car accident, completely not COVID-related. They tested her for COVID, and that's always an issue because sometimes you can all, uh, test positive falsely. Um, they put her on the COVID track, and she died within a week. Um, it was just really fast-paced. And I'm telling you, the in-between this is the remdesivir that they give people because that actually – I have a whistleblower doctor who tells me the, the hospitals are like the killing fields right now. And um, they, without really informed consent, when they start shooting people with remdesivir and things like that, it it causes the organs to shut down. It causes fluid to build up. Then they say, well, we need to ventilate people. And they're prematurely ventilating people right and left. Another case that um, I was too late to be able to help anything, 33-year-old woman in Greenville, you know, went in right after Christmas, December 4th, vented January 4th, or December 26th, went in, vented January 4th, then they did an, a trach, you know, why, why they needed to do that. Um, 
you know, additional procedures and just passed away. And we're hearing this over and over again. Um, and we have had Senate hearings. Our senators are aware. They just don't appear to be using subpoena powers to do any investigation on this. But when people wake up from this or ha- experience it themselves, they really need to not be caught flat-footed. People need to have a good power of attorney. They need to have things that specifically say what they can and can't have. They need to have a good advocate. And I would say everybody in your audience should go and find out what your hospital protocol is. And if they're unwilling to do anything else, why? And if they have any restrictions on their doctors, and if so, why? The people need to really take back their own power. I mean, our constitution wasn't set up for a passive couch potato society. I mean, uh, politics and civics, let's just call civics, let's try to get back to a civic society. That's something that's active and um, we need to be involved. But Ed, if you want to speak to that too, but I mean, that gentleman, you know, I'm glad he covered his junk. He did what he needed to do. The people that are in hospitals, I tell them to get out. If you can walk, get out. And there are people and other doctors and some telemedicine that can get some of the protocols to your home and you can get set up for a home therapy. Now, I'm not a doctor, so I mean, I'm not, you know, people need to be wise, but they also need to be informed. And that's one of the things that we've been missing this whole time is informed consent between the patient and the doctor. And they isolate family members and they operate people in fear. I can't tell you how many different people in these cases that I've worked with where they were told, your oxygen level's too low. You can't leave the hospital. If you walk out in the parking lot, you're going to keel over and die. And, you know, that scares people enough so that they stay in there. Then somehow either passive aggressively, you know, just agree to the vent because they get so scared and have anxiety and um, don't have it, people in there to advocate for them. And it's a real mess. It is the absolutely antithesis of a Judeo-Christian society. It is counter to first do no harm. It's got us all going in lockstep where we don't value human life, which is from conception until natural death. These people are prematurely being killed and it's absolutely got to stop. And it's horrifying that our leadership is passively acting like they're doing something about it. But in real time, I'm getting phone calls of people in hospitals and dying, people who are getting forced with shots. Now we're trying to really push it on our children. This is absolute child abuse. This is absolute. And what's happened in the schools is absolute Hmm. abuse. And I have parents that are um, that go into the school board meetings now and get slapped with a no trespass order from their school board, which is totally illegal. And the sheriffs need to step in and say, no, that's illegal. That's right. Or an attorney general needs to step in and say, absolutely. Rescind that right now. That's illegal. That's right. Um, We need to um, push for that. But I'm going to let Ed finish up a little bit there, too. Okay, on that. Well, well, the original question was, is there is there a caste system developing between vaccinated and unvaccinated? And I think it's unmistakable that, <clears throat> excuse me, that we have a caste system developing. Um, you know, there are some, you know, we've got a local guy here in, in Burke County, North Carolina, where I live, who is in the hospital waiting for a kidney transplant. Uh, he's got he's down to 4% function on his kidney uh, or kidneys and he's, he's on dialysis and he, he was scheduled to get a transplant, but they won't give it to him now because they've taken him off the list because he's not vaccinated and he won't get vaccinated. He's a, he's a veteran and he's in otherwise healthy shape. 
uh, but they won't they won't give him uh, they won't let him get a, a transplant unless he submits to the shot. And there are other pl- people around the country. There are similar stories. Um, if the shots are about protecting health, how can you let somebody die? And but that's that's a question that they won't answer. And you know, speaking to what you said, Lauren, you know, I'm thinking about uh, the gym owner in New Jersey. I, I escaped from New Jersey, as uh, Tim said when we first came on. Uh, and there's a guy by the name of Ian Smith who runs the Attilus Gym in uh, Belmore, New Jersey. And he has simply resisted from day one. Uh, he said on day one, when Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey tried to shut down his gym, that COVID seems to attack people who have uh, comorbidities like uh, insulin resistance, uh, excess weight, uh, people who are just physically not healthy, and that shutting down gyms has no no place in uh, in fighting COVID, given that people need to get healthier. And he went so far as to to take the door off of his gym when they tried to padlock it. And he's been fighting them for two years. They keep fining him. Uh, just last week, they put him on probation. Uh, but he is resolute that he will not submit. And Amen. that's really what the American spirit is about. Um, yes, we're supposed to have elected leaders that respect the Constitution, but ultimately, the ultimate power is in the people, and we will ultimately get the government that we deserve. And that's true for Americans. That's true for every people on earth. And if you tolerate it, it will it will continue to happen. Um, so, yes, we are we have a caste system. Uh, they certainly know they meaning the, the the leftists that are trying to to ram this power through, um, and the Republicans that have no objection to it and seem to want to feast on the power that government is accumulating. Uh, we have to say no, and it's up to us as the individual people to say no and to to resist in whatever way we can. Um, I, I really admire Ian Smith. I don't know that I could have gone through all the things that he's gone through, but um, that we we need resistance to tyranny. You know, the 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 original founding of this country, you know, it started with the redress of grievances sent to the king. And that was the Declaration of Independence and some other uh, communications that preceded it. But ultimately, the people said, we are going to defend ourselves and defend our own rights. And that is really where we are in this country right now. It's up to us and nobody's going to save us. We need to save ourselves. And that's really where we are. Well, that's, that's true. Right. Hey, let, let, let me, let me throw that. That's, that's exactly right. And I think what's happened is, you know, and I, I tell people, look, I, I go to something like the book of revelation along with the Olivet discourses. And I see them as what, how God dealt finally his promises that he gave in Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, with Old Covenant Israel and in response to bringing in the New Covenant because they continued to be rebellious and he judged them. John Calvin says when God wants to judge a nation, he sends them wicked rulers. And, you know, you've used the term leader. This is something I think that we have to be conscious of, that we've got to repent ourselves. We were talking about use use of vaccine. I call it a shot. I, if I use vaccine, I always use the quotes. Uh, call it a shot. Start changing the narrative 
by doing that. And part of the, yep. the thing that, that we've had is I see the state becoming a beast, just like all of the the ungodly nations from Babylon to Media Persia to Greece to Rome to Nazi Germany or communist Russia or whatever the case may be. The U.S. has become a beast because the people have allowed their representatives to become tyrants or usurpers of the law. And they're establishing a religion believing they are God unto themselves. I mean, Lauren, we talked the other night. They they want to outlaw a plant God put on the earth that has helped tremendous uh, number of people, uh, especially uh, kids with seizures, um, other people with different things, healing of cancer and all this other kind of stuff. And it, they've tried to outlaw it. Uh, yet they'll give us things like a Dr. Fauci did with AZT that killed the AIDS pages. Now he's pushed the remdesivir and all this other. But it's a religion. The mask and the the shot are the sacraments. You've got this the scientists, so-called, First uh, Timothy 6.20, everybody want to read that, falsely so-called. And then they're pushing things like this. Now they're to the point where they're saying, scientists floated some possible solutions to the problem that the masks don't shape and cover it includes taping the edges to your face and adding a layer of pantyhose over top. Why don't we just put a plastic bag over our head and get it over with? What do you guys think? Right. Well, oh. I'll just tell you that if my husband always said when we were fighting the masks to begin with, and we still continue to fight the masks, that if you can't win there, it's going to be hard to win on the other uh, parts of, of this absolute tyranny. But to go back to your position that our leadership isn't working for us, Look at Lindsey Graham. You know, he's been in there. Look at we we don't know whether our 50 million dollar election machines have voter and ballot integrity. And this is taxpayer money. Our our people have to go. And it wasn't anticipated when our founders set up the Constitution and the documents that people would be in there and retire and just continue to just take, take, take from taxpayer money like Lindsey Graham, Nancy Pelosi, call it anything, James Clyborne. Look at um, all of these people who are politicians who have made way too much money, and we almost insulate them and indemnify them from any accountability. And that's where we've really gone wrong. We are the customer. They they work for us. We must demand customer service. And it's nerve-wracking, but people need to just stand their ground or pull their children out of the public schools or try to find other alternatives before you have to go into a hospital. Um, but it's really an honor to speak to you today. And I really encourage what we really need to do is get people involved. Ed and I are just a couple of lawyers. We can file some lawsuits, but this is not going to be one on one lawsuit or one court order. Um, this must be one in the public square. This must be one on hearts and minds of Amen. the individual to know what freedom truly is. Lauren, which is can I can I interrupt religion. you just a second? Um, can, yeah. Could you guys hold over for a little bit? Do you want to? Can you stay over? Or do you have somewhere you have to be right now? I can do a few more minutes. I okay. can do like five more minutes. That's fine. That's fine. Let me close this out and get your final thoughts and let you guys plug a website or anything like that you want to do, guys. If you want to finish this for a few minutes with. Uh, with Lauren and Ed, and we won't keep you long. Uh, check us out, sonsalibritymedia.com. Top of the page there. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern this afternoon. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 8 a.m. Kate Shimarani, live from the UK. Talk to you then. Okay, want to yes. welcome everybody. Can I oh. my website? 
Yeah, hang on a second. Mark's I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And uh, Lauren, didn't mean to have to cut you off there. I just wanted to close out the show. So uh, go ahead and uh, give out your website. And Ed, if you've got one too. And if, any, any final comments you want to give as well? Um, well, yes. Thank you so much. I am going against our current incumbent uh, attorney general who's been in there since 2011. And I believe that it is time that South Carolina dispense with the status quo and elect a new attorney general please go to martellforag.com. If you're in the state of South Carolina, I need volunteers for every single county. I would like to do home meetings. I would like to um, try to speak to as many people as I can at as many events throughout the state. Um, But also I need some treasure. I need some donations. So please donate. It's martellforag.com. Thank you and God bless. Thank you, Ed. Final words? Well, I, I don't have my own website. Uh, anyone who wants to reach me can uh, email me. My email address is Ed Maslish, E-D, no space, no underscore, M-A-Z like zebra, L-I-S-H, at protonmail.com. Uh, you can text me at 201-787-9555. Um, this is a, a, a serious threat to our liberties, and we have to fight any way we can. And I'm, I'm glad to be working with Lauren, uh, both litigating cases and helping her in her campaign. Um, and, you know, we just have to remember that the buck stops with us. You know, the, you know when, when we ultimately are judged, we're going to be judged by what we did and what we didn't do. That's right. And... Um, you know, it's not for somebody else to save us. It's for us to save ourselves. And it, it's, it's a tall order, but we have to do it. And I'm, I'm happy to be in the fight and I'm happy to be working with good people like Lauren and yourself. And I hope that your listeners enjoyed the hour and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll meet up again. Well, I think, I think there's a lot of encouragement that comes from hearing attorneys who are at least speaking the way the people want them to speak. I mean, we were talking earlier in the broadcast about those people we heard up at the Supreme Court, and their their fight, it sounded to me like they're hacking at the branches when the root is the Constitution. Uh, You know, these unconstitutional things that people just usurp authority, or Congress says, we'll delegate our authority, but we didn't authorize them to do that. And that was one of the things that was so refreshing at the, the meeting the other night that I just said, boy, this is nice. People are actually talking about the violations of the Constitution. They don't have any authority to be doing this. And you guys are attorneys. You're not just, you know, <laughs> Tim Brown out here in the middle of rural South Carolina. You're attorneys. You're in this kind of thing. And you see it. And I know from talking with Don, some of this is an uphill battle because the judges you're dealing with don't think like that. Or the other attorneys that you're battling against don't do that. And that all they want to do is throw out cases when the law is clear in and of itself. And I, I've never understood this idea of precedent when the law is clear. Why do we reference, why do attorneys reference all these cases rather than referencing the law? And I learned a long time ago from a contributor we had who said, Tim, attorneys are largely taught case law, they're not taught constitutional law. And he says, that's why you have this kind of thing going on. Well, I wish you both well. The platform's open. You guys get any of the any stories that you, you need to bring out 
or anything that's happening, I hope you'll keep us in mind. Come back on, air it out with our audience, and uh, we appreciate your time. And I'll say goodbye to you off air. Hang on just a second, guys. Again, don't don't forget Bradley, 3 p.m. Eastern today. Kate will be with us in the morning, 8 a.m. live from the U.K., and we'll talk to you then. See you.